welcome to FinTech Unfiltered, the podcast of bank innovation. I'm your host today, Rick Morgan, and I'm here joined with Stephen Corliss, the CEO of Huddle. Huddle functions like a social network where investors can collaborate, pool their assets, and gain access to products typically available to high net worth individuals. Customers can pool money with family and friends to invest with different firms, and it lets customers invest in private equity, corporate real estate, and hedge funds. Investors also can pool money anonymously with groups of people. Stephen, thank you for joining me. Hi, Rick. Thank you for having me. So uh, to start, you know, just looking at your background, you have been a variety of places uh, and you've done a lot of very uh, establishment financial institutions jobs. You worked at BlackRock as the uh, chief operating officer for almost three years. You were at State Street. You were a director at UBS. You were at Bank of America, Merrill Lynch. Um, what kind of prompted you to leave some of those financial institution establishment jobs that I'm sure paid you quite well to uh, launch into the startup world? Well, you know, I mean, I guess to, to, to answer that question, I'd probably have to go all the way back to 1990. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and, and this has kind of stuck with me throughout my career, especially on Wall Street. Um, you know, I was, I always saw myself kind of, you know, being tasked the most difficult challenge at any one of those firms, right? And and really, I was tasked to solve it and and usually not given a budget to fix it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, long story short, you know, really, really what you have to do in that type of a scenario is really be extremely innovative um, in fixing problems with basically no budget, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, I mean, I, so I think that, that laid the, the kind of foundation for really my 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 true appreciation for for being really innovative. Um, so, but in, in finance, you know, the one the one great thing about you know all those roles I found myself in is that it, it forced me to truly understand um, everything about finance because my my career has been you know the sell side buy side investment banking all of that stuff right. So, and I've seen significant change over that you know twenty five plus years. Um, so, you know, but, but, but for me, you know, I am a, I'm just a, a, an avid believer in finance. It's a passion of mine. Um, and for me, ultimately at the end of the day, you know, when, when you're, when you're part of big firms like that, they just, you know, they just can't move quickly. Right. And they, and they tend to be very reactionary, um, you know, rather than, than really innovative. You talked a little bit about having to sort of solve problems that are big uh, on a tighter budget um, and not being able to move as quickly. Do you remember any specific examples of that? You know, really the work I did at BlackRock. Um, but to be clear, I was actually brought on by BGI um, and slash iShares um, back in, I, I'm going to date myself here, sometime in, in the early 2000s. Um, but they brought me on because um, they had a, believe it or not, they, as a, as a large asset manager, they had a a sell side business or so broker dealer business. Okay. Um, but it was real. It was really floundering. So they were kind of they were they they were at the precipice of of kind of making that decision to either shut it down, or to find you know to see if there was a way to fix it. Um, so that way they could really grow grow this business globally. Um, so they brought me um, they brought me on. Um, so they recruited me out of out of uh, out of Boston and brought me out to San Francisco. Um, asked me to first kind of assess the situation. Um, and then present a few a few ideas on on how we could make it a successful business. 
Um, again, kind of same situation. Uh, they, they didn't allocate me a staff and much of a budget. Um, so I, you know, I had to really look at the problem, assess it quickly, you know, come up with a design that would work, that, you know, would, would lean heavily on most, you know, ultimately what would be a tech, a, a 100% technological solution um, with with really no staff. So ultimately what we did is is we, we, we dismantled the broker-dealer, rebuilt it from the ground up um, from a technology standpoint. Um, and at the end of the day, it was, it was you know, their sell-side business, at least you know, for, this, for this initial component, was, was you know, purely tech, uh, technical in nature, right? So everything we did, whether it was front office, back office, middle office, was all just streamlined um, and, and connected directly into the, to the large buy-side business of BGI at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it, was, you know, it, it kind of forced me to really understand all these moving parts, right, both, with, both within, a, within an asset manager, but also within a, a large broker-dealer, right, and, and to be able to connect the two um, but do it do so in a way where it was highly efficient, but also, you know, extremely compliant and all those other things that kind of go with it. So, um, you know, again, kind of one of those things where most people just, you know, I think refuse to go near it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me, it was just something that I saw as, a, as something that was actually very exciting and extremely challenging. Um, and ultimately, you know, we were able to save the business. And, and by the time I left, it was, I want to say it was about $150 million a year in, in, um, in revenue. Um, from, you know, I think at its worst, it was about 13 million. So we're pretty happy about that. But, you know, that's sort of a, you, you kind of highlighted this a little bit. It's a different world over there in, in BlackRock and at State Street and Bank of America um, and, and the likes yeah. of that. And so how has that sort of transition been from that world to kind of what you're in now, which is more of a startup culture, a little bit leaner, uh, smaller teams, kind of how has that transition been for you guys? Well, you know, I mean, I'll say for me, because of really the fact pattern of my career where, where I was, you know, working with tight budgets and, and, and limited staff or resources available to me, um, it, was, it was a relatively um, easy transition, right? Because I, I had been living in those, those small budgets, small teams for, 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 you know, almost my entire career, um, so, you know, but, but also tackling really, you know, complex problems. Um, so for me, the transition was was really, uh, to be to be frank, uh, quite quite simple, um, but also very exciting, right? Because I mean, for me, again, going back to, I mean, I have a deep passion for global finance and investing. Um, so I, you know, I was very excited about the opportunity to to, to really, you know, be innovative without you know any sort of restrictions. Um, and to be and, and to be frank, it's it's a complete 180 from you know kind of your experience. You know, at, when you when you're in these larger firms, now things have shifted over the years, but ultimately, they just can't move as quickly, right? So, that transition for me was really was really exciting and 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 fairly simple, um, you know. But but the first two years after I left BlackRock, I really just kind of locked myself behind closed doors and 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 um, I was trying to finish off finish finish off some research and analytics I was doing in regards to the solution that ultimately became Huddle. Yeah. And, you know, you, you kind of touched on it, and I figure now is a good time to bring this up, solving problems. Every financial technology company is trying to solve some problem uh, in the financial services space. What problem do you see Huddle addressing? The two years or so of, of research that I had done was really about finding a model that could just remove a lot of the frictions that are embedded in, in, in finance globally. 
right? And that friction causes problems on both sides, whether you're a financial firm trying to grow your customer channel or, you know, expand your distribution of your product. Um, but on the, you know, clearly on the consumer side, there is, you know, a ton of, um, you know, a ton of friction with regards to whether it's access um, or whether it's, it's, it's cost, right? I mean, so ultimately um, what I wanted to do is look at finance and say, all right, well, how can you remove friction and allow for that more free, that free engaging or, or free flow um, of interaction between consumers and financial sponsors or, or firms? Um, so ultimately that's what Huddle is looking to do. It's just changing that experience for a consumer and a financial firm when they think about how, you know, how they engage one another. Um, so we've, you know, and, and that's really what Huddle is focused focused on, um, you know, and it's, it's multi-sided at its, at, at its core, right? Um, because we, you know, we do, you know, our mission is to solve problems for both sides of the equation. Um, and we believe we found the right, right solution to do that. Um, so again, it's, 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 you know, you know, for instance, if you're, if you're a, you know, if you're a financial firm, you know, the, you know, the operational costs that you have, um, are just astronomical, right? But those, those costs lead to, you know, really create a lot of obstacles with regards to, you know, distribution, um, of product, but even, you know, more importantly, you know, your audience from a customer standpoint, right? So really would say that in a, in a simpler way is because of the cost inefficiencies of the industry, what that creates is kind of this tiering system, right? Where, um, where, you know, at, at the high end, meaning, you know, high dollar value end, you get really this frictionless experience, right? But as you go down the scale, friction starts to enter and enter and, you know, enter, um, at a significant velocity as you move significantly down the scale. Um, so for us, it was, it was finding a way to deal with that friction and that caring kind of, uh, model that the industry has, has really kind of leaned on for, you know, for decades. Right. Um, yeah. so we believe we've solved that part of it. Um, but by solving that part of it, you've, it, it allows for, you know, really this, this open access, uh, from a consumer standpoint to really, you know, what I would consider to be rich, superior product that up until this point is really, you know, to, unfortunately, um, you know, restricted to, uh, you know, either the, the, the ultra high net worth or, uh, or your large institutional capital owners. When you look at uh, a lot of these startups, usually it's, well, not usually, but the, I guess the perception is that often they're younger people, um, kind of trying to disrupt everything. Uh, but your team is, this is not two guys in a hoodie in a garage. You know what I mean? This is two, this is a group of, True. this is a group of very experienced financial professionals. I mean, uh, I'm just looking at, at the people on your team. Uh, your CIO is also from BlackRock. Your chief advisor is from MasterCard. Uh, your CBO yep. is a, a Deloitte person. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of, a yep. lot of experience on this team. So, uh, what do you bring from the, to the table uh, coming from big finance to this startup world, do you think maybe some of these younger companies, not so much younger, but uh, not financially, um, uh, not, not financially background people to the table, what do you bring to the table that they often uh, might overlook? You know, in finance, I think you do have to be, I mean, you can push the envelope and I, and I can tell you that Huddle is absolutely pushing the envelope, but what we're also doing is making sure that we're being mindful of you know those critical areas that if you you know if you disrupt without really being responsible about it you could create some 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 really unsuspecting problems right mm -hmm. so 
Um, and I, I guess that's a difference, right? It's just, you know, we're just trying to, you know, use our knowledge and experience um, to really, you know, get at the core of the problem, but deliver, you know, the most responsible solution that we can deliver now. Um, but also, you know, leveraging, um, you know, the power of the blockchain and, and cryptocurrency to, you know, to, to really be part of, you know, what I can consider to be the future of finance, right? So, um, so we're, you know, we've embraced both worlds and driving forward, um, you know, and, and 100% committed to being innovative in how we approach this. Mm-hmm. When you transition to this startup world from the BlackRock and State Street, et cetera, um, did you have to unlearn anything? Um, so I think for me, it was being able to let go of that kind of, you know, that, that hierarchical um, 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 uh, dependency that you have in a firm, right? And, and most big firms, although you may think you can make decisions, ultimately, you, you know, the decision, the, all those decisions roll up, right? Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, being able to really, you know, make decisions quickly without really having to, you know, um, you know, sit in a room with with twenty other executives, right? To to kind of hash to it is is is, I think, much more um, much more fun. Is there any kind of itch to ever make it back to the big financial world, or do you think startups are where you're going to stay? You know, I mean, at least right now, I'm committed to to, you know, fintech for as long as I'm you know, I'm I'm going to continue working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it really is just because, uh, you know, I, there are, there are very specific problems that I see, um, in finance that ultimately have a, an impact on kind of society and culture. And, and for me, I, I want to continue to bang away at those problems to try to deliver different solutions. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to do that, you know, in this space rather than a large firm, mm-hmm. but you never know how things turn out over the years, right? Sure. Um, yeah, no, this isn't, um, don't worry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you mentioned this uh, kind of trying to stand out a little bit. Some of the what, what would you say some of the biggest issues are sort of facing these digital investment platforms that you see, uh, and what do you think makes Huddle different? Um, kind of in the in the regular traditional space, I think you know everyone is focused on a uh, some some niche, right? Whether it's 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 you know PFM, personal financial management, or robo, or some aspect of that, right? Um, that's that's all well and good, and it's all necessary. Um, but you know, for me, like you know, I'll take Robo as an example. I think Robo has its place, but I don't think Robo needs to be the only solution for you know uh, portfolios under two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? I, I think there are other ways to do that, and which is exactly why we built <laughs> we built Huddle, right? So, do you ever see Huddle getting into other services? I mean, a lot of these um, investment platforms are starting to roll out things like bank accounts, i.e., Wealthfront. Um, do you see Huddle sort of sort of branching out down the road into a lot of these other services? We're a platform, and it's multi-sided. So, we're offering consumers access to diverse service providers or product providers, right? So, on our platform, um, you know, if you want banking, you'll have you know, Radius will be an option, and then as we we build this out, there'll be numerous other banks offering product on the service on the platform that will be available to all consumers. Um, and then, but that same thing applies on the on the investment side, right? So there'll be diverse product set across, you know, inclusive of um, BlackRock, Vanguard, I go right down the list, um, um, which I think is is critical, right? People want choice, right? And ultimately, I think that's that's better. So now I 
should probably ask the um, the million dollar question while I still have you. Uh, how do you sure. really see Huddle growing customers and making money? So you know what we are where we absolutely have you know a direct to consumer um, strategy as part of Huddle, but what we also have and probably are focused very intently on is you know a is, is a platform play, right? So and, and Radius would be an example of that, right? So you know by by connecting the Huddle platform to existing financial platforms, um, that allows them. Um, both parties, whether it be Huddle or or the partnership on the other side, that allows us both to gain access to to each other's customers. Um, and I think you know that is a big part of our strategy, um, and it's going to be a, a large, a, a big contributor to our growth as we go forward. Yeah. And then my last question before we let you go, um, and I, I guess I asked this both as an experienced financial services pro who worked for big firms um, and as a um, someone who founded their own startup and now the CEO of Huddle. What are sort of your thoughts regarding digital personal finance management and where the industry is headed? You know, financial having financial knowledge or experience, um, whether it be in just banking or, or investing, it, most people don't have it, right? And I'll, I'll even be honest, as a guy I've been doing this for 30 years, investing is a difficult thing, right? Making product choice is a difficult thing. Um, so, you know, when I think of PFM, um, I think of it in a very different, uh, similar ways, but very different, right? Where we need to look at the needs of a consumer, right? Look at their habits, right? But also surround them with the tools, um, whether that be people um, or technology mm-hmm. um, or ultimately products and services that really, you know, enable them to move themselves forward, right? Whether that be with, you know, start beginning to save on a regular basis. And again, you know, the big outcome for us, right, is that, whether you have a million dollars or you have a dollar, right, you can save. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Steven, you've been working on Huddle for about 10 months here at Bank Innovation. We're, we're interested to keep watching it and see kind of where it goes from here. It's a very interesting time to be in the digital personal finance management space. And um, we, look, we look forward to kind of watching what Huddle does and keeping covering it and seeing where it goes. Thank you. No, I really appreciate the time, Rick. Of course, Steven. Thank you so much for joining me. And that's it here from Fintech Unfiltered. Thanks for joining.